This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Play Tessie. It is episode 41. If you're listening on Drop Day, it is February 19th. Episode 41, you'd think it's the Chris Sale episode. It's probably the Chris Sale episode. But if you listen to the show, you know that it's really the Alexio Gondo episode. This. I had such high hopes for Alexia Gondo. Like we all was, did. We were so we were so seduced by the Alexia Gondo uh, presence, um, which is there should be a category of players that fans were seduced by, and then all of a sudden you realize the arm the arm was never going to be attached to the shoulder or something like that. It was never going to happen. Edward Mujica's more category. Oh, oh yeah, Grady, Grady. Sizemore. Oh, he's a, he's yeah, top five. I top was five. really, really in on Edward Mujica when he came over. Oh, that's, that's exactly who I was thinking of. I was trying to think of Edward Mojica. Good. Yeah. Oh, nice job. Well, if you if you're listening, you know we've got Bradfo on today's show. So Bradfo, Sammy, Pat, Coos behind the behind the wheel, behind the mic, whatever. I don't know how to say it. He's doing the producing, but this is the official podcast of. Sad to say it, of Turkish hair transplants, if you know, you know, also known as the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. Before we get into it, just remember, hit that subscribe button if you're listening on the Odyssey app, listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check us out on YouTube. Uh, We're on the WEI page. You can hit that five-star button, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button there too. Helps us out a ton. And when you subscribe to us, you get notifications when episodes drop, and that helps you. But... I want to get right into it today because we've we've got Bradfo who is boots on the ground, and that's kind of an understatement because he's hit the ground running in Fort Myers. Rob, how long have you been there? Was it like two days, and you're already? I mean, you're your sprint speed. I don't know. I showed up on Friday, and everyone gave me crap for being late. I'm like, I'm I'm like three days late. I didn't miss anything, and then I was running on fumes that day, and then Saturday. What happened Saturday? I don't know. I, I it's all a blur. Oh, I talked. Oh, did the I, radio. The radio show. We did, did the, the radio. radio. We did the radio show, and we had like a cavalcade of stars on, including you guys. Uh, you know, Von Grissom and Pete Fatsy, and and also talking to Trevor Story um, about Bogarts and, and leadership and stuff like that. So that was a productive day. But on Sunday, it was well. I knew I was going to do the podcast with Kenley, and that was going to be after the workout. So really, like spring training is a, a weird thing. I was just telling my wife this, like it's you know, it's the Chilean miners didn't complain about this. I get that, but still, stuff happens. You have to be at the clubhouse at eight in the morning, 
you get in there, you're looking for stuff to do. And in this clubhouse, you got to think outside the box, man. Like it is, there's a, there's a lot of well-meaning fresh faces in there, um, but not necessarily star power. So I talked to, um, uh, who's the guy with the big hair? Uh, from Seattle, they got for uh, oh Campbell, Campbell. I talked to That's Isaiah Campbell uh, because I fi- figured it was uh, worthwhile since Shriver had been traded and opened up the door. I talked to Justin Slayton, um, Rule Five guy. I always fascinated by Rule Five guys, so that was a good conversation. And then we then we have uh, Tristan Cassis. He you know he's rolled out there after after because it was pouring rain. I mean. Guys, not that anyone cares, but there hasn't been a day like this in Fort Myers in years where it's just from minute one to the end of the day, pouring rain, not even a glimpse of hope to have any baseball played outside. So everything's done inside. Cora talks inside. We go into the clubhouse. Tristan Cassis is there with a mountain of boxes next to his locker, and it was all the free crap that he got from New Balance, from Franklin, from Oakley. And he is just like a kid in the candy store. He's in such a good mood. So we talked to him for nine minutes, Netflix, contract stuff, all of that. I loop back to Cassis uh, because I wanted to basically, I wanted to find out the moment that he turned down the offer, which, you know, he didn't disappoint. He's like, yeah, no, my agent called and he said this. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Which by the way, I've gotten the I'm good text from Tristan Cassis before. So I know that this is in his sort of lexicon. I'm good. I remember trying to chase him down for a podcast like two years ago. And finally, he just says, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So anyway, uh, and then we talked to, then I ended up talking to Ken Lee and Ken Lee was good. And and then so, and now we move on to the owners and we keep going. So I, before I, I, we got to get into this Kenley stuff because we've we've all listened to this interview and there's a lot to pick apart there. And obviously we want to do that with you, the guy who did the interview, the guy who was there in person, the guy who had that interaction. But I got to know, just in a couple of words, you're there. You see all these guys. You see how they're operating. Give us a vibe check. I don't have high hopes for this, but just give, give us a vibe check, Rob. For the team? Yeah, for the team. Oh, I think they're blindly optimistic. Really? Great. That's the best thing you could have said. Yeah, come on. Awesome. Me yeah, too. I, but but this is how it works, right? It's everybody sees the best in everybody else, like except for the veterans, right? This is why this is why David Ortiz every spring training said, "Why didn't we get Nelson Cruz?" You know, it's like, what are we doing? And meanwhile, he still has all these other guys. There's no one just. I mean, other than I'm sure Devers is sitting there. The Devers hasn't talked yet. I'm sure he's sitting there sort of saying, hey, what's going on? Kind of like what Kenley said, hey, what's going on? And But Trevor Story is undeniably the, guys, let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm, get on my back, guys. Get on my back. And, and, uh, and so that's, you have to have someone like that. You can't have all the veterans being like, oh, oh, no. And Pavetta is another one. But I think for Pavetta, it's he's this he's presented this opportunity, and everyone's saying how great he is, how hard he's working, and everything else. And so, he, like, think about this: he was being asked about in spring training about being the sixth starter last year. 
Now we're talking about him being the opening day starter. So, yeah. So it's, I'll come back to it. It's blindly optimistic. I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed by Trevor Story's leadership beard that he's grown. It is yeah. big. He yeah. looks like a guy, a leader of men. Yeah, that's that's a leader of men beard. It inspires confidence in me. I thought the the whole season was lost, and then I saw the beard. And now I'm back in. So, thank you, Trevor. Well, in fairness, he's one of the few that can grow beards in that clubhouse. So. Rob, Trevor Story <laughs> might be leading the clubhouse in best shape of their life. He looks ripped. Oh, he's jacked. He looks. Do you, you want me to give you the best shape of their life ranking? Hey, wait, can we get here. like a? Can we get like a? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like so let's get like a top three power rankings, and maybe like let's go five. Check let's it. go five. Five. All right, let's get five, and and we can have a best shape of their life champion. Though I think I know who wins that because we talked about that on radio. But right, I'm curious so, who you got. So, <laughs> uh, what do you want me to do? I I mean, I, let's get. Let me do five. I, I can't think. I can't do rank. Okay. Yeah, uh, I don't. I can't rank them. I can't rank them. Don't I don't have to rank off them. Top of the head. I will say this, as as you have mentioned, and he will be coming on play Tessie to accept this award. I promise you. I promise from the bowels of my soul that he will. Is that a thing? The bowels. From of my the own. bowels of my soul. That's soul bowels. <laughs> the ass of your soul. <laughs> like oh. <laughs> I mean, it's the bottom, right? If there were so much, uh, like newsworthy, newsworthy material on this episode, we could have called it Soul Bowels. I like, I, I do like what you said on the radio, though. Um, question mark city. I, uh, yeah, question mark city. <laughs> it's good. Um, Alex Benellis. And I know that he's a minor leaguer. And I know that, you know, whatever. I mean, it's, it's, he's not in the top 10 prospect rankings. But there's, there's not a lot of times you see a guy. And you see him in spring training, and you're like, holy mackerel, he looks different. So when that guy is shows himself, then they have to be in the top three or top five. He 9% body fat. You know, I don't know how it's going to translate, but good for him. I, of the guys, I'll put it this way. Of the guys that I've seen that you're like, oh, that guy's different. Alex Bennell's top of the list. Um, and then, you know, if you want me to include – like Tyler O'Neill, with Tyler O'Neill, obviously, you know, you have Tyler O'Neill, Duran. But I will say this about Tyler O'Neill. This is going to sound weird, and maybe I mentioned it. So Duran's huge, right? There's no question about it. He lifts everything. But Tyler O'Neill, like his back is like a, a Schwarzenegger back. It's hmm. like a weightlifter's back. You know, it, it, Matt, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, it looks so, like a Dorito. I don't know what that means. But, it's like triangle. No, but it's, it's more than that. It's the like Dorito. the striations in yeah. it. You know, it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, yeah. it's like as, in my former life as a professional bodybuilder, I knew that the two weeks leading into the competition, you just drank jugs and water, dr- jugs of water because you needed that striation, right? Or whatever it's called. So you need to basically, that's what it looks like. This is not. A normal baseball player's physique. Even I've seen Jack guys, Durant, Jaron Durant, Tyler O'Neill takes it to the another level. So he's there. Um, let's see. I mean, can't forget Cora. Cora. So I didn't even realize this. So Cora's fiance, she's running the marathon. Oh, so really? Cora ran 11 miles with her. So, That's yeah. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. So he's. 
it, and I think it, I think Tolly has helped his whole thing, his whole mindset and everything else. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Cora is up there as well. I'm trying to think of anybody. I mean, Trevor Story is in great shape. Did you, you say know, Whitlock right? already? Oh, yeah. Oh. Whitlock? Did we get yeah, him yet? Whitlock. But we knew, yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah. the thing was, is that it wasn't a surprise because we saw him at Winter Weekend, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, definitely, I mean, a lot different than, I think he might have, yeah. I think he might have stomach muscles. I'm not positive. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when you have stomach muscles on a baseball team, you separate yourself. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I, I gotta be honest with you. There might be some guys in there in unreal shape and I don't even know their names. Like, <laughs> There's a whole row, the row of catchers, God bless them. And I'm sure I'll know their names in like three <laughs> Can you pronounce? Uh, no, no, Colo, so- no, Colo no, 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 no. What is it? Gordo? I think it, I think it's Colesberry. No, we can't. Colesberry. I, I think it's Colesberry. I tell you who I think is I'm in pretty good those. shape. You can cut this and give it to him. Zach Kelly, I think, is in pretty good shape. Ooh. Yeah, he. he good like, to see him throwing again. He's like he's like he's a, like a bigger guy than you think. Like he's a bigger. Well, you guys know you know him personally, so I don't need to tell you. But so. Oh my God, Gordo, you're right. Colesberry. That's how it's pronounced. <laughs> Gordo, the Come lead. on. <laughs> Colesbury. You're in the top five catches of the Red Sox organization. I gotcha. Oh, wow. There you Fine. go. So, I mean, other, so I can't give you any uh, anybody else because I don't know anybody else. The best was. You, oh, you I, asked... I, can I give you one more? I'll give you okay, one let's more. hear it. Nick York. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Nick York, not like shredded, but. But a big guy who doesn't like who looks in shape. The Dan Ugla build. Uh, <laughs> that's that's brutal. He wrecks arms. Uh, I think he's he's taller. He's taller than Dan Ugla. He probably is. I think Ugla was a pretty small second baseman. Yeah. Rob, do you like strike fear in the heart of the players when you show up in Fort Myers because they're like, oh crap, Bradfoe's gonna ask if I'm in good shape, and if I'm not in good shape, everyone's gonna get. <laughs> no, nah, we, we we joke about it. You know. The weird thing was is that I walk in there on Friday. First of all, we had on Baseballs and Boring, we had given Chris Martin reliever of the year. So he was like his life has obviously changed since then. Mm-hmm. So he was very, very happy to see me. Um, but I had like three or four people come up to players come up to me and say, I listened to Rich Hill rip about the uniforms. And and that was a thing. Like it was, oh you first of all, you know, like oh, you listened, but like, oh, yeah. yeah, Rich Hill ripping about because he just went off on MLB about the uniforms. And then you know, the ma- vast majority of them guys are saying the same thing. I don't think most of them will go on the record. But they're like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. You know, buckets. It's impossible to hide it. Did we lose Rob? Rob, are you there? Oh, we might have lost Rob. Oh, oh no, you're good. We got you. Back. We got you. There we go. Yeah. I say you can have crappy uniforms, but don't highlight how crappy they are by putting little names on the back that look it's like, like they're embarrassed. It, it's like they're embarrassed of the names of the players. They're trying to hide them. Who? Oh, I saw Stephen Vote, the uh, Cleveland coach, yeah. I think, manager, coach, something on manager. That. manager, manager. Good for him. 
his name looked like it was like two inches long on his back, four letters. There's nothing there. Can't even did see you guys see the retail price for fans? Oh, it's They're like $400. $400. Right? Ah, <laughs> oh. DH gate. DH gate. You've never needed it more. Yeah. Great time to be DH gate. Rob, if you're not familiar, DH gate is like the what, 20 off. bucks. Yeah. It, they look really good. They look like the MLB jerseys now. DH gate ones. DH gate jerseys might look better than the MLB jerseys now, for being honest. Yeah. yeah. Joe, Joe, it is it is depressing when you when you hear a guy like Rich Hill, who obviously has gone through different iterations of the uniforms, but how awesome they were, you know, where they're they're stitching their name into the inside of their collar, you know, it's and into their pants and 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 the what the biggest thing for these ones are that they aren't tailoring them. Like when I say buckets, it's it's like medium, large, extra large. Oh my god! Yeah, like they aren't tailoring them. So, in, in a uh, a player for a team that wears blue and white, next <laughs> me said, you know, they're awful. The white, the white isn't even white. Oh, you know what's sad? That could also be John Schreiber now. Oh. Uh. <sighs> It's good. We have blue and white baseball. <laughs> How awesome is it that he came on with us? Like, I couldn't believe it. I, I thought awesome. like when we when we walked into the uh, the building, I thought it was like a replay of an old interview playing. And then I started listening. I was like, oh, my God, this is actually that, that's pretty. If you don't mind me asking, how did that conversation go? Did you just straight up ask him? Yeah, well, it felt a little guilty because like the show with the, the trade happened like Breslow talked five minutes before the show starts, right? So we got to talk about it. And and I know that it's chaotic. And he, since, like, he has to take care of his family. There's a million things to do. He's probably sad, too. But, you know, you never know unless you ask. And so I think at, like, 12, early, early on, 12, 20, 12, 15, text him, said, hey, you want to come on? Didn't hear anything back. And then I just looped back and just said, said, hey, listen, you know, this is the last chance to give a farewell to the, the Boston fans, which I meant it. You know, it's like people support them. And and then, some, you know, so it's like, I'll, I can come on right now. And I said, sorry, I get to play Tessie guys on. You, you have to wait. <laughs> no, but it's it's just it's he's he's the type of guy which you, you would almost expect that he uh, he's going to do something like that. And. You know, he's been on this podcast or different, I'm going to use the word iteration for a second time, but different iterations of this podcast a ton, on the radio a ton. I said it, last year, he he pitched, we were doing a broadcast, and I had this show right after the broadcast, and he pitched, he closed a game, and he literally, like five minutes after he threw the last pitch, was up in the broadcast booth, yeah. Uh, with flies all around him because, like, he he, he had just pitched a game. And, but that's like he came up because, like, that's what he said he'd do and he did it. So, yeah. Good did guy. that trade happen on, like, not the announcement? Did it happen Friday night or was it Saturday morning when it all went down? No, sa- Saturday morning. Wow. So it was fresh. I was talking. I was talking so I was talking to Breslow. Uh, we were talking about other stuff. Um, you know, guys like whose name rhyme with Morton Montgomery, and 
And uh, there was nothing. There was, there was nothing. There was nothing. Believe it. No clue who you're talking about. Um, but but I was talking to Breslow. We didn't talk about all that stuff. But and I said to him, so this must have been in the 10 o'clock hour. And I said to him, hey, listen, our, we're doing the baseball. It's a boring show on EI. This is the first one. We need some star power out of the gate. Can you come up? Can you come on? And he's like, I, oh, I will, I will, I will. But today's just not a good day. All right. And then I'm standing over by the clubhouse door. And and Bailey, who I haven't talked to, haven't seen, he comes like, hey, 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 hey. And, and he's like, oh, but I got to go right now. I can't really talk. And then him, Cora, and Breslow all went in at the same time. And when you see that, like, you think probably something's happening. Not always, but you think probably something's happening. But it, after the fact, it lined up. So I know that Schreiber did not know early in the day. I mean, he was walking around like normal. So. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. That So that's really, that was truly raw emotion. No time oh, to really process it. Just right into the, right yeah. into the convo. That's really cool. Yeah. And it was interesting. You guys put up the poll on the Play Tessie uh, social accounts. And it was, we talked about this on the air. How, and Gordo, you probably is, are, are the perfect example of this. How initially everyone was, what? Wait a second. You're trading away your seventh inning reliever for a guy who hadn't pitched above single A? Like, what is happening? And then literally like an hour later, everyone say, oh, what a great trade. What a great trade. And the poll was what, like 80-20? It was, it was, it was very high. Like that, yeah. I was yeah, surprised how high it was. There's like two ways, two ways to digest it. On one hand, and Sean McAdams said this on Twitter, and he got a lot of grief for it. Teams that are contending don't normally make trades like this, which, you know, I agree. But on the other hand, is Schreiber the difference between contending and not contending? No, he's not. Did he deserve so, grief for that? Do you think? I no, no, it's true. No, I, mean, I agree. Also, I don't think he did. I don't think he deserved that. Oh, either. It's, it's a true statement. Yeah, and it people is. would say, people would say you, you do this trade regardless of where you are. You know, in the competition cycle, that's. Eh, I saw that too. But is that is that true? Like, do you? No, sub- you've got Imagine- like. Imagine if we expected them to win the World Series and they made this trade. We'd all be pissed. Why would you like, weaken the bullpen? He's one of our he's our fireman. You can't get rid of him in the even though it's a good prospect, you can't do that. Think about it, Sammy. You've got like what, four or five guys who you hope a couple of them step up can be, you know, middle relievers. A couple of them maybe turn into guys you can trust in the seventh inning. Even if you think these guys are all interchangeable, the more of those types of guys you have, the better chance that you're going to have a couple of them. But you, that, you just that said can it. Do that. You just said it. And I know that people crap sort of like say, oh, look at uh, Schreiber's peripherals, the second half or whatever it was, right? But like you're hoping, like this is the dangerous part about it. And, and, and with this team, fine. Fine, exactly. Slayton, Campbell, go down the list. What's the guy's name from the Yankees? Weissert. Uh, Weissert. Weissert. So Fine. But when you need some semblance of certainty, and I, when I say that, people are going to be like the Red Sox stats. I know that he's not a – he was a huge fan of the trade because he's like, oh, look at Schreiber's production. But still, when John Schreiber pitched this year, my guess that he was going to be good. That's my guess. And Same. so – and he showed that he has been good and he was good and, and everything else. So there is certainly more certainty, certainty – in John Schreiber, we think, 
than these other guys. So when you're competing, it's like it's like trading Kenley. I'm giving you the, a perfect segue. It's like trading Kenley and Chris Martin. All right, well, you might have Tanner Hunk step into the ninth inning, but you know that these two guys can do it. So, and if you're competing, that's what you do. Yeah, and, and I agree. And that's why I don't think Sean deserved grief for what he said. Because it's two weird. Things, it's a good trade, sure. Red Sox got a good prospect. They got a prospect who they think can be a starting pitcher in exchange for a guy who is a relief pitcher. In a vacuum, great. But it makes them worse this year, in my opinion. And I think they're okay with that. I mean, I <laughs> let me reframe that. I know they're okay with that. So it just depends the way that you look at the trade, whether you think they really have a chance this year or if you're... It will be interesting to say, you, you talk about that group of pitchers. It, whether or not they're good when the season starts rolling is one thing. But one of them is going to be like, holy, the spring training storyline. This guy, oh my goodness, Justin Slayton. Have you seen him? Isaiah Campbell, oh man. Like, let's it's already, go. yeah. I mean, but, uh, yeah, but it's... It'll be interesting to see like which of these guys we start gives get the Allen Webster Award for 2020. It's gonna be Slayton. It's definitely gonna be Slayton because he throws really hard and people are gonna notice that because we haven't had that in a while aside from Ort. Court so right. talked up Court talked up Campbell a bunch yesterday. Yeah. I want to say so. Yeah. Could, I don't know. There, it could, it's a interesting competition. No one, no one's got minus odds in my book. Go ahead. I was going to say, Weiser's going to have all those viral clips of his slider. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that's what you should do. You should do, the, like, who is going to be the spring training darling that we're, you know, who is good? For instance, last year, I, I gave the spring training MVP to Christian Arroyo, and it didn't work out. But who is good? And there's always a guy, right? I mean, even Garrett Whitlock, his first year, he was the guy. So, um Yeah. You know, before and and I know you gave us a good segue, and we're going to take that segue. But before before we do that, I wanted to bring up an interesting point. I forget how I, it was. One of my friends was talking to me, and he was like, "He said we heard all of the same stuff about Connor Siebold when they made that trade, uh, Workman and Hembry for Siebold and Pavetta, and they and that we heard we are hearing very similar things about Sandlin comparatively to how we we heard about Siebold when he first came over. It's a guy who's not necessarily a top hundred prospect, but has a ton of helium and think he could become a top hundred prospect and then be in a big league rotation. Obviously, Connor Siebel didn't work out. I just my my point is I just I caution people to to buy in just because so many people are so deep in the weeds with these prospects and they see the potential that these prospects have. But you got a guy with three years of control who's shown that he is a successful big league reliever who can even if they're not going to compete this year. They're hopefully going to be ready to compete next year and the year after. This isn't like it's some trade that has no risk. I get that they have other relievers, but it's a one-for-one -one deal. Like there's a lot invested now in one pitcher coming over. That's hey, is there? You gave up a you're like fifth best reliever for him. I love Schreiber. Don't get me wrong, but like if if Sandlin doesn't work out. It doesn't set them back at all. It's just yeah, but what if what if Greg Weissert is just an up and down like with the Yankees? He wasn't like he was just an up and down guy. He wasn't a, a big league regular. Like Slayton is a Rule Five guy who's never pitched in the big leagues. Like we're we're just all kind of like Isaiah Campbell's oh. had some big league success, yes. But you're, it's not in terms of the bullpen this year. We're counting on a lot of guys, not just for this year, but for next year too, because 
regardless of trade status, Kenley and Martin are on expirings. So even if you don't trade them, like next year, like you could use guys like this. These guys are important. The bullpen's a surplus today. It doesn't mean it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You could also say it's the most volatile position in the sport. Absolutely right. So I don't know. You could could look at it both ways. It's good business. It it hurts us, but it's good business in the way that. It is. It's smart. Why you do we flip, say good business? Like good business. Why, why is that such a common term? Now? You take you take the player out of it. You just look at the concept. You flipped a relief pitcher for a guy you think is going to be a starter. Good business. It's a good piece of business. I saw that. I saw that like ten times on Twitter yesterday. It's a good piece of business. You know that, what? You know what? I probably saw somebody say it subconsciously who I respect, and now I'm just repeating it. It's probably I can't tell you who. I probably saw it somewhere, and that's why my brain is like. Use that term to describe this trick. It's a good piece of business on your part, Sammy. The, the amount of times I saw the phrases good piece of business and intriguing prospect yesterday. Oh, intriguing. Oh, I hate want to throw my phone out the window. Have I given you guys single my breakdown rant? of the trade? Have I given you my take on intriguing? Yeah. When whenever someone doesn't have an in-depth scouting report, it's intriguing prospect. No, get that word out of baseball. People are like, too many nerds in baseball. Stop using the word intrigue. This was an intriguing. It's not a science experiment. It's baseball. I hate that word. Rant over. All right. I've got an intriguing segue right here. <laughs> Brad Bradford interviewed Kenley Jansen. And that we 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 heard this interview before coming on here, and, and it's available now on baseballs and boring on their feed. So before I, I would never advise you to jump off our podcast for any reason except for to tell you that you should listen to this interview with rob it's not that long so you can do both i mean you can do both it was like it was like 20 minutes and it was it was a great interview you started off (laughs) no i can't with the chat um you started off (laughs) the interview by by telling kenley like you're gonna be honest here you've been honest before we're going to be honest here. Like this, it's okay. It's a safe space. Well, he, he can, I, can I interrupt you? Yeah. From the, from the bowels of my soul. I mean this. All right. <laughs> all right. No. So, so in his, I wasn't there when he got on the bench the other day, I just saw the transcript and he said something to the effect of, of I learned my lesson to being honest or something like that. I'm like, Oh no, please, please, please. I don't know what he's talking about. But please, because really the last, you know, we, I did the interview with him in the dugout and, you know, he was honest. He was like, he was honest, but in, in, in a way that I think, and I meant this, I think people say, finally, oh, this is, this isn't just shooting from your hip. This is just, this is the honest feeling of this guy, of this clubhouse, of this team. And it was, you know, the trade deadline and everything else. So I thought it was great. Like I thought, and, and obviously it got a lot of buzz. So when I heard that him say that, I wanted to make sure, hey, listen, Kenley, you aren't going to be like freaked out by the reaction from that interview we did in September. We're going to, before we sit down, because this is the very beginning of the podcast, let's get this out of the way. I'm not going to waste the next 25 minutes without you being honest. And I knew he was going to be honest because he's honest. And 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 he, and that's one of the great things about Kenley. I do believe he's honest. So anyway, sorry to interrupt. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. No, it was it's a good entry because he he very much was honest. Like you talked with Kenley for probably over half of the interview about the Red Sox situation, the trade rumors that he's in, what he expected when he signed on here. There was a lot that I think that was insightful for fans to hear. Like what he, he said, I think that the vision is different three times, and I I think we. We all kind of have an idea of what he means by that, but Rob, what do you when you heard that for like the third time that come out of his mouth? What do you think that this, that the different vision is? Oh, I don't. I don't think this. It's not hard to to figure out. He signed, as he said, he had choices. He signed to the Red Sox with the idea of of making the playoffs and potentially making a run at the World Series. And you know, some people would say, well, you know, that team wasn't going to do it, but. You know, they spent $80 million on Yoshida. You, you know, you, you get Chris Mark, you get Kenley Jansen, you have good players, you know, you get Justin Turner. The idea is that you're going to win. And and I think Kenley was also leaning on the fact that, like we all do, well, the Red Sox MO is that you try to win. So he signs up for that and then, and then goes through, you know, says what he said in September – and goes in the offseason, I think, like a lot of us. All right, course correction. You know, it didn't work out. No tread deadline, but different regime. Here we go. And then, all of a sudden, you don't get that or the perception of that. And on top of it, like now he's he's being mentioned in trade rumors where all he – how many times did we hear Kenley say, like, how much he wanted to stay in Boston last year? Like a million times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so – and now it's not only aren't you doing like you're letting all these other teams do the shock and awe, but now you're being part of the the the, the vision that, that you didn't anticipate. So the, the vision is the the vision is this, there's no way around it. The vision is to the 2025 2026, the time that Ken, Kenley Jansen is not contractually obligated to play for the Boston Red Sox. Great. So we found out that we all have something in common with a Hall of Fame pitcher. We thought they were going oh, yeah. to make an honest effort to compete this year, and they did it. They haven't, I should say. Still 
time left. I feel so I feel so pathetic just saying there's still time left as if anything significant will happen, but that's where we're at. I thought it was interesting. Well, I thought probably the most interesting thing that he said during your podcast, Rob, was that they told him that year one they're gonna compete and then year two they're gonna really go after it, which was the vision that was sold to fans. Not like it was kind of implied before when Heimblum was a, was a part of this, but certainly when Breslow's intro presser happened and Tom Werner said obviously the full throttle and all the other things he said that day, it it became pretty evident that the Red Sox obviously when they rebuild quote unquote, they still try to an extent. That's the way they kind of always have been dating back to like the 2014, 15 years. But it felt like this was going to be the off season that they went after it. And it seems like that's what they told Kenley when they signed him, which to me just makes everything that has happened so much more confusing. I was looking back today before your interview even dropped at, at just some of the things that were said by Alex Cora, like on by people citing sources about the team. And I just can't fathom what changed. And it feels like he's, he feels the same way. Yeah. Think about that though. It's, you're, you're signing with a team, and part of that is recruiting. Like, obviously, it comes down to money and years and that stuff. But you're, you're – and they're saying that to you. He's saying, that's what they said to me. We're going to compete, and then we're going to go for it. That's what they're saying. And, and we're talking about a two-year span. And it's not like, in 10 years, we're going to compete. And they don't. So one of the things that I asked him, and I meant it, like, we can ask these questions. We can get all riled up and say, wait, how did it do? But for somebody who is his job is that if you go into a job and you're told one thing and then less than a year later, it changes. And so as someone who's in that position, he has every right to go to them and say, hey, can you tell me what's going on? Can you tell me, lay this out for me. Can you tell me what's going on? And I know that. They'll say, That's, I'm skating my lane. It's above my pay grade, whatever it is. But when I said that to Kenley, like that was the first thing to come to my head. I'm like, you have every right to go up and say, just tell me, hey, I, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to be a great teammate. I'm going to do every, as he said, I'm going to do everything I can. I'm going to be a good mentor for these guys. But as someone who was told one thing, I think I have the right to know, did the budget change? Why did the philosophy change? What's going on? So that's why I asked. That. One thing that he somewhere. Go ahead, Pat. No, I was gonna say one thing that he brought up when you were talking about honesty. It sounded and looked like he was talking directly, like to the front office. He's like, didn't it? I want people like, to be honest Robbie? with me. That's what makes people better. It's like when you're honest with other people. I just want people to be like. It really felt like that was yeah targeted to the front office and i it, like we've said it before i can't really blame them you sign up for a two-year thing you think you're going to compete and then really go all out there's a regime change then they go back on their word like he has a very very good reason to be upset and like want answers and i don't think he's in like uh in the wrong for wanting those at all but and, and again maybe you you there's a good chance you're right like i was so focused in on just getting the making sure he was going to be honest, honest Kenley. So, um, so it, it's, it's one of these things where they can lean on the regime change with Breslow and, 
and and things change and everything else. But at the heart of it, you're what? $40 million under the, the luxury tax right now, right? $40 million under. That's what I would say if I was Kenley. It's like, you told me we're going for it. I know things have changed in terms of personnel and everything else. Can someone explain to me why we aren't spending this money? Because this is year two, and this is the year that we're going for it. And they might have, they may just say, hey, listen, Fenway Sports Group, it's not doing as good as we had. We think we had to cut back and payroll's going to be lowered. Fine. But if I'll come back to it. If I'm Kenley Jansen, I say, just give me the reason. I think I deserve that. And maybe they don't feel like he does. Maybe he doesn't feel like he does. But from where I'm sitting, why not? Well, it's Rob, it's, he's got 10 years left in his career. He's 30, 35. Well, that's, why he, that's why I think this is why, you know, you go back to the interview in September, you go back to this one. I think, Sammy, I mean, that's why this is a thing. Like he said, one of the things he said very definitively in that interview in September was the only reason he continues to play is because he wants to be the guy to get the last out of the World Series because he didn't get that chance with the Dodgers. And that's like, he still can't watch the World Series. Like, that's his thing. I want to, that, that's the reason why I'm playing. And when you have this situation, well, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow. I kind of, yeah. I kind of, in a, in a weird way, I kind of hope he gets traded to a good team. I feel I like we're too. holding, the Red Sox like holding him captive and he's a good guy well, and we all like him. I, what Sammy, that's that's exactly right. And and just to look at it from the Red Sox standpoint, I can't really comprehend how it's gotten to this point. Like you've got a guy who is a potential future Hall of Famer, one of the most respected players in the game, and he signs a two-year deal with your organization. And now after year one, you're dicking him around, you're dangling him to teams, you're trying to make sure that you don't have to eat any of his money. Like his, his name is in the media for all the wrong reasons and it's not his own fault. And I just think that that's a bad look for your organization. And I think it could particularly impact you in your pursuit of free agents in the future. Like how could you not in the future, if you're a free agent, well, look be, to this example Gordon, and say, is Gordon, this where I want to be? Gordon, let's be honest. F- forget about free agents. Forget about wooing free agents. Like this is you, your uphill battle with free agents with the Red Sox is far more than you treated you know this this veteran wrong. It's it's are you winning? Are you committing to winning? Like we've heard it. I don't even know if this is true, but if Jordan Montgomery's market drops, he's going to pick the team that he thinks is actually going to win. That's not yeah. going to be the Red Sox. You know, it, it just isn't. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I thought to me, the, 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 one of the most telling things was when, when I said, you know, said what was a percentage of that you thought that you were going to get on the plane to Fort Myers? Mm-hmm. And he said two weeks ago, you know, 60%, he didn't think he was going to get on the plane, which I bet it was even more than 60%. Mm-hmm. I, because I, I was, I don't know about you guys, but, as the days were ticking toward when he, they would report, I kind of felt like they got to either fish or cut bait here with this Kenley thing. They can't have him show up. 
Yeah, we said that on the show. We said it's if they don't trade him, I think it was like a day or two before we all agreed on, then they'll probably keep him, and that's so far what's happened. It, it feels almost like it's become to a extreme extent that the front office, the front office is like not part of the Red Sox. They just have to fund them, and they hate them, and it's not like they're a cohesive working unit. It's like they. It's so hard to explain. It's like the front office hates the team, and they're like, "Fine, we'll throw you a bone." And that's such a no, unappealing you know, way to live. I feel. I'll disagree with you because I think that there's not enough players. I don't think that's the case because I don't think there's not enough players who have enough time and 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 uh, cachet in there to have the right to to hate the team. Like I remember, uh, I think one of the shows that I was on said, "Oh well, does, doesn't this?" Uh, doesn't this does does the clubhouse now? I think maybe it was a Turner signing, right? Does the clubhouse now like are they up in arms? Does this hurt them with the well? Who's in there for to say anything? Right, like, it's true. Nobody. You've got you've got so many guys that are so early in their careers that they're 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 just no. happy to be there. There's a lot of up and down guys. It's like so many. We're, we talk about these up and down relievers all the time. What you think they're going to complain? Like they're, they're just trying to make the team. Not them. It's just like the. The business of winning games, I feel like the front office is just so – it just feels like they're not against it, but it's like so secondary to them. And the more and more this goes on, the more obvious it feels and the separation of making money compared to winning, it just gets wider. And like why would you want to be part of this if you're a prospective free agent or even – and we'll get to this later – an internal option who might want to be extended. Why would you want to be part of this if this is how it's trending? Put it this way. Almost everybody in there is playing this year. I'm not saying they're playing for their team, but they're playing for their own deal. Like not their deal, like money deal. They're, they're, they're playing for their own existence. Almost everybody. You go down the list. Go down the list of everybody. The I can tell you who isn't because you, they're locked up and they got their lot in life and it's all good. Trevor Story, Raphael Devers, um, Yoshida. Yoshida. Yeah. Yoshida. And Yoshida, to a certain extent, he has to prove himself. I mean, he's signed for five years, so maybe he doesn't, but but okay, those three. Those three. One and one guy is a year in, comes from a different country, you know, and just trying to find his way still in Yoshida. Trevor Story is doing all the right things. He's he's like this go, everyone gather around a team. Endeavors is Devers, you know, but there's no pitchers. Giolito, short term, Pavetta, contract year. Garrett Whitlock is trying to establish himself. Tanner Houck trying to establish himself. Cutter Crawford trying to establish himself. Brian Bayo trying to establish himself. Kenley Jansen, Chris Martin, both on one the last year of their deals. Who's, who's yeah. going to be like, I can't believe you aren't setting this team up to be a dynasty? This is how we would discuss the Tampa Bay Rays if this were a Rays podcast. A bunch of guys trying to prove themselves, and, you know, some will, some won't, but we'll see where they go next. Let's hope they play well for us while they're here because we're not trying to build a dynasty. <laughs> we're trying to get wins at a cheap price. It's so depressing. I've, like, resigned myself to it. I've been adverse to it saying, no, this will change, but. Hmm. You know what it is? It's question mark city. It's question mark city population it's 38. 37 and uh and i and i told you guys uh i love spring training i love it i hate rainy days 
sucks because, you know, you expect nice weather every day. But I love spring training because everything is is opposite of the uptight world of baseball. Everything is great. Everyone's optimistic. Everybody's just walking around Fort Myers. And as I told you, I'm going into Whole Foods. There's Pablo Lopez. And you forget, hey, what's Pablo Lopez doing here? This is Red Sox spring training. And you realize that the Twins complex is literally on the other side of the street, this Whole Foods. So I had interviewed Pablo Lopez about at the All-Star game. I said, hi, Pablo. Introduced myself. Very friendly. We talked about crossword puzzles and Whole Foods. That's what spring training is all about. Talking about crossword puzzles and Whole Foods. So there you go. I love spring training. He's part, he's a, a starting pitcher in a rotation of five starting pitchers too, which is pretty cool. He's good. That is awesome. What a concept. He is good. What a good, trade. what a good trade that was, by the way, for the Twins. I feel like they oh. came up in the end. Uh, Arise is good, but Lopez. But yet still, Fort Myers is a Red Sox town. And still, I know someone who hands out schedules to the restaurants. And, and, uh, and they don't want twins schedules. <laughs> schedules. And I will say this, and I got to get going. But so I pre- appreciate you guys having me on. But I will say this: school vacation week was always like this mob scene down here. I mean, Nesson had a. I don't know if you guys remember this. Had a stage in the middle of it, in the middle of everything going on. And yesterday, the only nice day that we have to go by, man, it was a, a fraction of the people. So that's just anything else you guys want to ask before I get to jump off? Yeah, yes. we'll, we'll super excited to get there and play Tessie. We'll be yeah, here. <laughs> the vibe is tremendous. Woo-hoo. Good stuff, I, man. Thank you for coming on with yeah, us, thanks, Rob. Rob. We'll, we'll, uh, We'll make you proud with some enough set after you drop off, but appreciate yeah. you coming on. And, and I will, I will leave you there with this. There are numerous players in the Red Sox clubhouse. that are very excited about joining the play Tessie family. Hell yeah. Uh, you, you guys already have embraced from the, from the bowels of your souls. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. That was, that was weird. Like how like Pat was, Yo, hey, yeah, Bowsley's soul. Yeah, it's Murphy. Let's go. Bowsley's soul. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, so there's numerous guys. As I told you guys on the radio, uh, Brennan Baradino, he's ready to roll, simulate some Chili's host talk, uh, whatever you guys need. But I, I am, I'm, I'm your boots in the ground until you guys show up. And ready, ready to facilitate uh, some some great interviews, which you guys are going to have. So it's going to be awesome. You're the so, best, Rob. You're the best, Rob. Thank you. Numero uno, right here, Rob bye. Bradford. See you. Bye. Baseball isn't boring. Appreciate Chili. Rob Bradford coming on with us. Rob Bradford's the best. We what a fella. He's chili simulator. That's chili that's simulator. Like a bad, bad video game. There's a lot that could happen with that. This is. If you want to say something that could be intriguing, it's not a prospect. It's the freaking chili simulation. Now, this high-level athlete who hits 450-foot home runs is so intriguing. Look at his swing path. Oh, the upside. God. <laughs>
I gotta make baseball it. cooler. We need more baseball chads. <laughs> no, yeah. I need like, I need someone to be like the cool guy baseball. Like I need someone to pull a Matt Kemp and just start dating Rihanna. Like I need I need someone to be we like do. a celebrity in baseball. We, we yeah, if, we need uh, we need baseball's Taylor Swift. We, we, we need Costas, something like that. Costas could start uh like at the end of every one of his interviews, he can go like <laughs> and then walk off. <laughs> yeah, what do you call it? If Cole Tucker was good at baseball, that'd be him. He's married oh. to Vanessa Hudgens. I know. Dude, what a score. What a beast. Good for him. Yeah. And but, then Verland is too old. He had Kate Upton. Yeah. Oh, it's true. We do have we do have Kate Upton. But let's let's transition into some enough said. Uh I know Sammy Sammy wants to go first for this one. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Sammy take it away. Yeah, so obviously we got some great news. The Red Sox extended Tristan. <laughs> Just kidding. They did not extend Tristan Casas. They we think lowballed him as uh, Casas was asked about that today on Sunday, February 18th. And here's a quote. Thank you, Coop, for this. <clears throat> is this the, uh... okay, this is the right one. Okay. So uh, basically it's Casas saying, I don't know what that looks like. One that sets me and my family for the rest of my life. I don't know what that looks like. I'm low maintenance. I don't need a lot. So I got a small family. I don't need much, but something that I think would suffice for the work that I put in uh, my whole life would be nice. So that's, he's basically saying, just give me something. Yeah. Just give me something fair. He's probably not asking for an overpay. Now I, um, I was going through and we won't bore everybody with contract details, hypothesis, stuff like that. Intriguing stuff like that. Earlier today, I said 10 years, 172 million would make sense. I think that's a little high. I've brought it down to 10, 115. So he's making like $23 million a year. Plus you buy out his ARB years, uh, the first five years, which is estimated to make him 32 million. Let's say you give him 42, nice little $10 million raise for him over those first five years. And then you give him the remainder of the money at $23 million a year. So sounds confusing, but if you condense it all, it's 10 years, $115 million. I think that's fair. It takes a lot of risk out for Casas. He still makes really good money for a first baseman, more than Matt Olson. And you know, at the end of that ten-year contract, twenty-three million is probably going to look like pennies. So, yeah. I have a question for you guys because Sammy, you 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 kind of opened this enough said you said they lowballed. We think, yeah. Did you did you take the news today, or what Casas said today? Did you take that as good news or as bad news? Because you could take it two ways. Good news. They are talking extension with Tristan Casas, which he's been asked about this and he's been honest about it for the better part for over a year now. And they have not talked about extension with him up until this point. Or you could look at it from this from the standpoint of they offered him something that he very quickly declined. What what is what is your you have to take it one way. You can't you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Which way do you take it? Bad news. Xander Bogarts, Mookie Betts. Pat. Lester, I was Sammy. Yeah. Oh, really? Because I, I kind of, I feel like I kind of buried the lead after while I stumbled through that quote. Um, the big quote that everyone was talking about was when they asked, "Was it a good offer?" However, it was worded. Costa said, "Nothing enticing." What so, do we think it was? I, I have. I bet you it was like eight for eighty, like something, uh, some bullshit. I bet not even. I bet they. I bet they just offered to buy out all of his arbiers and then. Like maybe give him a one free agent year and then give him team options. But let me give let me give my argument here because I I'm I'm against you guys here. I think it's a good thing. This is a guy with five years left. 
they're obvious. They should lowball him. You've you've seen kids with Costas's amount of big league service time accept awful deals tons of times in the past, and he's literally literally sitting here telling you with this quote that Sammy just read that he doesn't need to get blown out of the water with an offer. He's willing to take something fair. So you should start low, and they're starting now with five years left to go like they're gonna get there with him if he's willing to take something reasonable and they're starting these talks now they're gonna get there maybe like they'll probably end up lower than some of these projections like i see a lot of people like talking like 170 ish like they're not they're gonna get them locked up for less than that that's how i take it right now we hope i mean they've done lately inspires much hope in that other than devers which i think we all kind of agree they were a little bit pigeonholed into doing that otherwise it's complete but they were again, I mean, it's really good that they're talking to him. That's true. But you, you had me choose one side and I, if it's Xander, yeah. Mookie, Lester, how many times we've seen this. And then the other thing too, is in like people were, I saw it on Twitter. People were reacting to like Casas rejecting the offer. They're like, Oh, like you saw us five years of team control. Like what's the rush? Don't worry. Blah, blah, blah. We've seen this before. The longer it takes you, it costs you exponentially more. What you you could realistically probably get Casas for 120 tops right now. You wait a year, two years, you're creeping up on 200 million. Yep. If you get it done now, it it sets you up so much better down the line. You, I would rather overpay him right now than pay his market price in three years. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But these these negotiations have to start somewhere. If they're starting their offer in the nine figures, they're just doing. And I know this is, I just said the stupid business, but they're doing bad business if you're doing that. You have to see if maybe he'll just agree to buy out all his beers and then give the team three or four team options or something stupid like that. Like you have to see. And yeah. then you go from there. But uh, yeah, that's an intriguing point. But you also, you don't want to, you don't want to F you offer kind of thing. Where you insult the guy? We've seen them do that before. You yes, good sir. to start low. I agree. It's good to start low in any negotiation. You don't want to give away money for no reason, of course. But you don't want to insult the guy. We've seen the Red Sox do that. They did it with Xander. Yes, but that's different because that's a guy who's on an expiring deal. Like this is this is offering a guy life changing money, whether you look at it like that or not. He hasn't made tens of millions of dollars, so you're offering him life changing money with one year of proof. Like that, you can't get insulted. The fact that, and he even said it. He even said that the fact that they approached him about it, he took it as a compliment, and he doesn't yeah, take I, compliments it, well. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But you still, you still don't want to. You got guys like this: Churio, uh, Corbin Carroll. Who else did Adley get one? I don't know. Young nah, guys. Julio Rodriguez. Julio, oh, yeah. One. Yeah. Uh, Lou Bob. Bobby Witt. One. Bobby Witt. That was the latest one. You just don't want to go so far below those similar contracts. And it's not a perfect comparison, but you don't want to go so far below that where he's, you don't want to sour a relationship. These guys are human. Listen to Kenley. Listen to the tone in that interview. I know it's at that. And that's a brutal comparison of veteran reliever compared to recent rookie Tristan Costa trade rumors versus extension. (laughs) Yeah, but it's still the concept of insulting professional athlete who has a lot of self-belief. So just tread lightly, especially with the track record that these jamokes have of losing their talent. Yes, agreed. You cannot you cannot follow the mold that they have followed in the past. But I think part of the issue with that mold, aside from Mookie, because they did try to extend Mookie early, but their problems have been – their problems have occurred because they've waited to start these discussions. 
yeah. with far too many guys like with Rafi, like they just straight up for years didn't talk to him. Like this is a guy who should have been extended after the damn World Series. And now and now you pay him 300 something mil and it clogs up your books. Yeah, and he's going to be a DH soon. I think I mean, I hope the team would be better if he were uh. DH. The team would be better if he were DHing. You take your bet. No, the team would be the team would be better if they had a DH. Let's say that. Yeah, like Raphael Devers and get a <laughs> yeah, like, like, that could be like, Raphael Devers, like Justin Turner. I'm gonna be doing this all year long. It's just gonna be be me going to battle about Devers. We need a soundboard. I need a soundboard so I can go every time you do that. Yeah, I wish be- there was one of me being like, can't play defense, and I just keep banging the button. Can't play defense. Can't play defense. I want him, dude. I want to be wrong. I swear to God, I want him to play like average defense. It's just how many times have I said seven thousand one hundred and thirty innings of proof? That's a this lot. Is, of proof. This is a great transition to my enough said. Which okay. one of you posed the question? Is Tristan Casas the face of the Red Sox? Who was it? Me. Coop. Coop. It was Coop. Get in here. Damn, who would do something like that? <laughs> who would stir the pot for engagement? Who who would do that? I don't know. Hey, what pissed me off even more than the question was the poll results. 80% of people said yes. What? He's cool. I did, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, God. Look, I don't, I don't like doing the argument from authority. PR guy. The value of being a communi- being able to communicate with the fans is huge. Devers, we don't know what All right, he's like. Stephen A. Smith. Let me yeah, no. <laughs> I start screaming. But seriously, like we know He about- was on crack. We know <laughs> we know he doesn't do crack and we know he's a cool guy. We get to hear about him and his mom getting their nails painted. We don't know anything about Rafi. We just know he likes horses. It's not that much. And ice chickens. cream. He, likes chickens he, too. he might have a family. He posts about a daughter, I think, sometimes on I don't, I I'm, that always confuses me. I don't know if anyone else gets thrown off by his Instagram where it's like, do you have a yeah. daughter, dude? What if you yeah. found out that Devers has like a second family in Burkina? A Bartolo Cologne? Devers has kids, a pos- or kids with an S. That's his dad. Devers' dad is Bartolo Cologne. Oh, that rock. Uh, well, but yeah, no, I, I put it out there just as like fishing, but I do think that Cassis is kind of the star of the team. As far as like what, like the player that most fans can connect with this season, I think is Tristan Cassis. So let me ask a clarifying question. When you say star of the team, do you mean like face. he should be like synonymous? Like when people hear Red Sox, face. they should think Tristan Cassis? Yeah, yeah face well, of the team. Well, hold on, Pat. I, I agree. Devers Tristan, the way that he's paid. Tristan is not the star of the team right now. It is Rafi, but I would not be surprised if one year from now, in fact, I would actually bet on it. One year from now, after the Netflix thing is aired, after Tristan Costas has put up whatever season he puts up, I think he will be the undisputed face of the Red Sox. Who did? Because I think he's going to have that kind of a year. stage at Winter Weekend. Well, Rafi wasn't there, but that's okay, the thing. Why wasn't Rafi there? Right, like, I agree. Rafi I needs agree. to be there if they want him. To I be said the that star too. The team. Yeah, like, I agree. I actually there's a reason that both de- like. Story and Dev or uh, Cassis was brought out as the leaders of the team. I did vote no because it's Chris Murphy. No, I'm kidding. I voted yes because I have a brain. <laughs> oh, god, yeah. Right. I have the result for there. The oh, result, please. as of right now, 
are 67% yes, Tristan Casas is the face of the Boston Red Sox. Wow. But okay, there, there's two different there's two different face and star are two different things. Okay. Star. Are they? I think yeah. they are. I would say I would say there are mo- like you can have a constellation of a team where there are multiple stars, but there's I'll only give you an one example. face. I'll give you an example. At the end, in like 20 whatever, 2012, I don't know, Derek Jeter, face of the Yankees, undisputed. But is, was he the star of the Yankees? No, he stunk. It was whatever. This is like sports talk radio uh, extravaganza. You have a, a term, star, that you can't define, and then you argue it. I love yeah. it. There's it's, no it's right the answer. Best. Sox Nation. I mean, that's what we have to deal with now that we don't have a competitive team. That's what they've left us with. Well, in the words of Kenley Jansen, you never know. Uh, that's true. You never know. Really do. If Trevor Story hits, now hear me out, guys. If Trevor Story hits and Lucas Giolito pitches well and Pavetta pitches like he pitched in the second half and Bayo takes a step forward and Casas endeavors both continue to improve and Duran is the guy that we think he is and Connor Wong takes a step forward offensively and defensively and Tyler O'Neill stays healthy and Vaughn Grissom is who we want him to be, maybe they'll win like 80 games. <laughs> it's a lot of caveats, but I think they can do it. There's thick so will. many ifs. What about uh, Thick Will? Sorry, more thick. ifs than ever. You guys see the picture of Thick Willie uh, smiling in the dugout earlier? Thicker than ever, I can tell you that. He, he looked great. He's a beautiful man. I do like that smile. He, him and uh, Sedan smiling together. That that picture did make me happy, but in a way that I was happy looking at pictures like that last year. Whereas he this was, year, I was expecting to be happy looking at like, oh, here's the new additions we have. The three oh new top God. of the rotation are. Yamamoto, Yamamoto looks so good in a Sox jersey. Oh, look, speaking look of at which. this catcher's eye view. I keep going. I don't back know if any of you guys follow Joe Kelly's wife on uh, no, Instagram. No. Uh, so she Honest. posted that uh, Knox, their son, was just playing ping pong in the Dodgers clubhouse with Yamamoto, and like everything about that, I was just like, "This should, this should be Fenway South." Yeah. This, like everything about this, like Joe Kelly, his son, Yamamoto, like this would be beautiful if, if it yeah, was awesome. Kelly's son hanging out with Yamamoto and then Charlie Freeman watching Shohei throw medicine balls. I hate my See, life. This should be like Kenley's kids playing ping pong with Yamamoto at Fenway. Trade, instead, trade, instead trade they're gonna, yeah, they're going to be playing ping pong with, with Yamamoto in two weeks in Los Angeles. We start a free, a free Kenley thing just to, to help him. Cause like, I don't want him to be traded as a Red Sox fan, but knowing how nice of a guy he is, I just, Get this guy out of here. Stop wasting his time. I, I was kind of happy to see John Schreiber get traded. Not going to lie. Like, that dude deserves like, to be like, on a – Like, yeah. I think anyone true. that I like – Like, Zach Kelly. Love Zach Kelly. I, I told him he was very happy to hear that Bradfield gave him the slept on best shape of his life award. Uh, he said, quote, unquote, I believe, haha, we're working on it. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, I want to go see him compete. Like, a, a lot of these guys are – very good when they're in the zone and it's just i don't picture any part of 2024 being an opportunity for them and that sucks i'm just thinking right now you know how depressing that is we could have had joe kelly's kid playing ping pong with shohei or uh shohei actually yeah shohei or yamamoto but instead we have chris martin's toddler playing chess with cooper criswell hell yeah gotta learn at some point we got rory mcelroy though uh Swinging into golf simulators, so that's pretty cool for Fenway Sports Group. Very cool for Fenway Sports Group. I'm very happy Can for pitch? the group. <laughs> they 
They play uh they play cricket in across the pond, don't they? In Ireland? I think Ireland's more rugby, no? Is Rory Irish? Rory? Dude, what? Yeah, Rory's... I thought he was English. I don't know. I don't know golf. Right, I don't, I don't care about that. Golf sucks. Thank you, Sandy. His name is Rory McElroy, MC. What do you mean? It could be Scottish. One of the most Irish names you can get there. Scottish, maybe. Could be. Actually, oh, fuck. I think he might be Scottish. You're oh, right. God. Are you fucking kidding me? All right. No, I'm pretty sure he's Irish. All right. All right. Well, on to my on to my Northern Ireland. Ireland. Northern Ireland. Okay, good for you, Pat. Oh, Pat, where you shouldn't Pat be happy about Northern Ireland. That's British. You better watch your mouth. No, Northern Ireland is part of Britain. I'm telling you right now, you don't call Irish people English. Buddy, you don't know your history if you are thinking Northern Ireland this is, is great. part of Ireland. Are We're about to cause like... The, the IRA is about to come after us for this bit. For you. You just called them no, English. For you. They should be free. I'll, I'll say that much. Me and Joe Biden, we're on the same side of history on that. Yeah, Gordo and I have no clue what you guys are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, on to Gordo's stuff said, it's actually, it's two parts. The first one's kind of sad. Uh, big uh, well wishes to Dan Shaughnessy. It just came out that Dan Shaughnessy uh, is staying at home following heart surgery. So we're sending our best wishes to Dan Shaughnessy. I know that obviously very controversial figure on Sox Twitter, but he is, whether you like it or not, a legend in the Red Sox writing business. And honestly, in the Boston sports writing business. And we wish him nothing but the best and healthy, healthy days moving forward. Hope everything went well with the surgery. Um, mm-hmm. But my second part of the Nuff said is a little bit more like typical for my enough said. Did you guys know that Melvin Mora, you remember Melvin Mora? Oriole. Yeah, Oriole Oriole's third. Did you know he's a grandpa? Oh God. You guys are old now too. Welcome. Yeah, now Sammy, but if now I'm old, what does that make you? Older than you, Sonny. I be if when I turn 30 this year. I may just leave the podcast because I won't be able to show face anymore. You're gonna be 30 this year, <laughs> dude. He's, that's like 20 years young. No, he's gonna be like 50 this year. This that's makes me feel good because this means I still look young, at least, or act young. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. You're I thought you were turning like 20. Look at my hat. Look at my hat. I'm wearing it slightly sideways to show that I'm cool. Your hair, like what Eminem does, and hold on, some shady stuff. Real cool. cool and hip and young. Pat, are you 25 or 26? Uh, I just turned 25. You just turned 25. Sammy's going to turn 30. You guys are like five years apart. I honestly couldn't tell. Oh, oh. if you're not on YouTube, hey there, tune into YouTube. you better turn in, tune into YouTube to see how Go Sammy get a backpack and put it on one strap at a time. You one strap oh. it. You get... Be right back. <laughs> God, Sammy. Yeah, well, while Sammy's gone, just... Literally click pause on your podcast and just pull it up on YouTube. Hour hour and five, hour ten, whatever. Put it in. Sammy's uh Sammy's hit beyond belief. Well oh God. Hey kids. Oh, he's got his backpack on one strap. Doing drugs. Wow, this guy might be twenty two, <laughs> if we're being honest. I love video games. Have you played the new Super Mario game? <laughs> Any of you got a marijuana cigarette? Hip hop <laughs> hip hop sure is cool and very urban. 
Now, if someone gives sports. you a jazz cigarette, turn it down, kids. Now, I actually have smoked marijuana before, but I do not approve, and I hope you stay away from it. And if it hey, happens, Charlie Baker. Charlie, I met him one time. He's very nice. Charlie Baker, uh, famously in a, a debate, uh, admitted to uh, smoking weed. That was against He's Elizabeth a Warren when they were going for governor. I don't know why I know that. Charlie is a master of those debates. Um, all right, I'm going to take this backpack off now. All right. Well, while you're doing that, Sammy, unless anyone has any final words, I'll sign us off. But this has been episode 41. You thought it was the Chris Sale episode, but actually we all know it's the Alexia Gondo episode. It's been played Tessie, the official Red Sox podcast of WEI. But before we sign off, just remember, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button wherever you're listening. If it's the Odyssey app, Apple, Spotify, any of those podcast platforms, or if you're watching on YouTube, we love when you watch on YouTube. These episodes are are going up on YouTube every single time now, and it has been awesome, and we're building up that community too, and it has been super cool. So if you're on YouTube, hit that thumbs up button, hit that subscribe button to the WEI page, follow our our, pod, our podcast feed. I think that's a thing in there. It's like we have our own little section, and whatever. Follow follow that, Coop. You got, is it that, is that a thing? Cooper? Yeah, no, I mean, we got our own playlist on the WEI uh, YouTube page. It's easy. That's you the right go, word. Playlist. Playlist. It's actually, I think the first one, cause we're the most recent playlist. So just go save it in your browser. It's that easy. Yeah. You got a little star thing. Like you click on the playlist. Once that loads up, you got a little star next to the URL. I know you are looking at your computer right now and you're looking at the star. Press it. It saves it. Every time you go back in and toss a like. Yes. All of those things, you think they help us out, but actually they help you out because they build us up. We get more episodes out there. You get that notification when they drop. Huge for you. I'm telling you, it's game changing. But for Pat, for Sammy, for Coop, we appreciate Rob jumping on with us today. This has been an awesome episode 41 of Play Tessie. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Till next time, toodaloo. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 